here we go with a big, crazy, controversial, divisive, hot story out of Mexico right now. Headline, did La Barbe, the drug trafficker, finance an election campaign of the current Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. This is a big story exploding in Mexico right now. And so I'm gonna try and unpack this complicated, twisting, crazy story. Uh, analyze it, really what's there, and then look at what the implications are. Now, when you have a Mexican president accused of his campaign receiving narco financing, that's gonna be controversial. So you have people who are fervent supporters of the president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, known as AMLO, big AMLO supporters, like what he stands for, like what he does, and are generally very skeptical of this and see this as an attack on him. And you have other fervent critics of AMLO who see his presidency as being terrible and have sown more violence and crime and other things. And they tend to be very supportive and say this vindicates their point of view. Now I'm gonna try in this video to be down the line. I'm a, an independent journalist. I'm not either a big pro AMLO figure or an anti-AMLO figure. I want to assess the facts here and what it means. But I think even the pro-AMLO sympathizers uh, should agree that we have to discuss this story. This is now out there in the public realm with implications, so we have to make sense of it. And the big AMLO critics should also perhaps agree that we have to also look at what are really the facts here and are there shortcomings in these accusations. So I'm gonna break this uh, video down to three parts. First, looking at the, the story and the accusations. Then I'm gonna look in part two a bit deeper at the DA investigation into the accusations and a bit of the backstory behind this and how it came out. And then part three, uh, about really what this means and what the implications will be for this going forward. So, looking now then at the story itself. So, the story was broken on January 30th, 2024, last night, around 8 p.m. And it was broken in three media outlets at the same time. ProPublica, a respected American investigative journalist outlet with very high caliber journalists come from, come from it. And the writer was Tim Golden, a Pulitzer Prize winner, a former bureau chief in Mexico for the New York Times. So the most of the focus has been on him, because he's very high caliber. But also came out in Deutsche Welle, the German publication, by the Mexican journalist Annabel Hernandez, uh, a 
maybe the best selling non-fiction writer from Mexico, but currently living outside of the country. She had faced threats here. And the respected uh, journalist outlet and think tank Insight Crime. So the fact that all three came out with this at the same time points to the fact that there was a source or sort of group of sources who gave this additional information to these sources, to these media outlets around the same time and said, okay, you can all publish it. Um, you know, you agree to, to do this. That source who gave the story is not named, but indications are that it could be a retired agent from the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, because they were the ones who had this information. Active agents don't tend to leak such big stuff. Uh, a retired agents often do, and this is talking about older stuff. So a retired agent could well be the source, but that is not said explicitly. So what are these accusations? So let's look at who the players are here. Now this story very quickly gets complicated like some kind of spy novel with all these players. So I'll try and keep it as simple as I can. So first big player we have to look at is the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, AMLO. AMLO calls himself a left-wing president. He's kind of a nationalist agenda as well of defending Mexican sovereignty and a populist discourse of saying it's the uh, poor people, the people of Mexico, against the system and the mafia of power. That's kind of his discourse. Um, he ran for president three times in 2006, where he lost by the closest margin in Mexican history of 0.6% of the vote to Felipe Calderon, a more conservative politician, who then took power and who launched a military crackdown against drug cartels. And now we've seen that cycle of violence carry on since then. Now, AMLO actually claimed that he was uh, robbed of that election by fraud and he protested in Mexico City afterwards. He then ran in 2012, lost the election to a wider margin to uh, Enrique Peña Nieto of the old PRI party and ran in 2018 where he won the election comfortably and became president of, of Mexico then and has been president since. Now this is the last, his last year in power and that timing is important for this story. He cannot run for re-election because of the constitution uh, bans that, but his party's candidate, Claudia Schambaum, is very ahead in the polls and he is looking in this last year at securing his legacy and he still has a, a popular amount of support, although also fierce critics. So the accusation is that AMLO, back in 2006, his campaign got $2 million in money from the drug trafficker La Barbie. Who is La Barbie then? La Barbie is a drug trafficker who is from Texas, born in Laredo, Texas, where he was born and grew up. Bit of a, a jock, high school football player, blonde-haired guy, 
And so his look has attracted a lot of his, you know, the media interest in him. The fact that he was American born, but he went to Mexico and became a big player in drug trafficking in the 2000s. Big in cocaine and a very violent player. And he was with a crew known as the Beltran Levas, the Beltran Leva brothers, particularly the head of them, Arturo Beltran Leva, who are from Sinaloa, Sinaloan Mountains. By the time the story takes place in 2006, they were part of a broader federation of drug traffickers known as the Federation or the Sinaloan Federation, including El Chapo, including El Mayo. Now, later on, there was a breakup uh, among various players here. There was a breakup between Beltran Levers and El Chapo. There was a breakup between La Barbie and Beltran Lever. But at the time the story mainly takes place, it's 2006, they were together as one group, one alliance. So the accusations are that in 2006 campaign, there were meetings between envoys of La Barbie and people connected to the AMLO campaign, including a politician from Dorango, Francisco Pancho Leon. And there was agreements, you know, we're going to give money to this campaign and if AMLO wins the election, then we're going to have say over who's the federal prosecutor, say over officials, and they're going to favour our drug, drug trafficking operations. So according to these accusations, $2 million was paid and some of the money was bagged by a confidant of AMLO called Nicolas Moyendo Bastar. He'd been a formula former driver of AMLO, known as El Nico, uh, who there's a controversy that he was, a, as a driver, was given loads of money. He was a you know, close guy to him. Uh, so he allegedly bagged the money. He denies this, as AMLO denies this completely. Now, it is also said, an important point to make clear is that in the accusations, they don't have any evidence of AMLO himself knowing about this money going to his campaign. So the election happened, and AMLO lost it by the closest margin in Mexico history, as I said earlier, of 0.6% of the vote, according to the official count, and led protests. According to this story, La Barbie was pissed that AMLO had lost it and even financed those protests. Well, then we get into the DEA investigations. So these accusations look at events that happened in 2006. But the DA investigation doesn't kick off in this until 2008. And that happens when a figure walks into the US Embassy in Mexico City, Roberto Lopez Najera. Now he's this, this kind of dubious figure who is a lawyer uh, but who was working with La Barbe as a kind of uh, operative, bagman, um, advisor uh, around La Barbe's entourage, and apparently Barbe had a big entourage. Now he'd been close to La Barbe, but had apparently fallen out with him and feared for his life. His brother had disappeared at the hands of La Barbe. And so he went to these US embassies, they asked to talk to the DA, the agents talked to him, and he said, I got information, drug traffickers uh, bribed the AMLO campaign. 
And he says he was part of this. He was part of handling, moving money, handing around this stuff. He also had other information. He also had information about somebody infiltrated from the drug cartel inside the US Embassy, a member of the US Marshal Service. Apparently that information proved to be good. They lured that guy to the United States where he was arrested. So he was proven at least as having some solid information. And he became an informant known as Jennifer for several years for the DA. Now the DA then went further and would eventually also recruit a second source, Mauricio Soto Caballero, who was somebody inside the AMLO campaign, close to the AMLO campaign. And they also say that they got taped conversations from these sources or from one of these sources, taped conversations about this bribery being made. However, the prosecutors and the agents didn't think that was, this was enough and carried on, wanted to push this further. At one point, they discussed even setting up a sting operation on the AMLO camp and having someone go there, you know, pretend to be a drug trafficker and trapping them on phone or on recordings, that was turned down. But they carried on gathering more information and then looked at a potential prosecution of this case in the 2010-11 period. Now, this prosecution then fell through for various reasons. Political cases are very difficult and you need a higher threshold of evidence and they perhaps didn't have enough there. Uh, also, you had this another <laughs> crazy case which people will know about fast and furious where the ATF agency was following guns being trafficked to Mexico and let more than 2,000 guns be trafficked and that really blew up. So, you know, then to have another, you know, case with, with wiretaps then would be complicated. So these are some of the reasons given as why this was not taken to fruition. But, you know, let's be very clear, this was not a criminal case. It was never became, there was never actually an indictment made. So what are the implications of this? So first, to, you know, to try and understand all of this, um, there is massive corruption in Mexico, we know. So this is making an echo because people can believe that you know, millions of dollars were given to a Mexican political campaign. However, there's also corruption on all the other sides as well. Uh, and I'm not saying that for whataboutism, but I think it's important to the case itself. Um, Felipe Calderon, who beat AMLO in 2006, named as his security minister, General Garcia Luna. General Garcia Luna, we know, was a big square-jawed cop-type guy, really was a, a face for this campaign against cartels, but was eventually himself accused and convicted of drug trafficking last year in a US court. So, and, and he was accused of working with the same Beltran Leyva uh, people and Sinaloa cartel people. So, you know, it's possible then, did they support both sides? You know, if they had supported AMLO in 2006, 
him losing didn't affect their business, they could support the other guy anyway. But anyway, there's not a criminal case coming from this, and it seems unlikely at this stage they're gonna, the US prosecutors will revive some 2006 case here. They're not looking at that. So it's not really the implications that based on this, there's gonna be a prosecution of the current Mexican president. It's more kind of bring up these, 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 these accusations and a political impact. Now, AMLO himself is not running for president, but his candidate is. So will this affect her, Claudia Schambaum, the candidate for his party in the race? It may do. My sense is it won't hurt her enough for the really the opposition to gain, but we'll see. I think the biggest impact though is gonna be on the legacy of AMLO. And I think he is very keen on seeing himself as this historical figure. He calls his presidency the fourth transformation of Mexico. And this will impact his legacy. And from that point of view, I think he's gonna be very wounded by this. This will kind of be a stain there. Uh, and that will be why he very fervently goes against this and his critics look at this.